Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Uh, thank you guys all so much for joining us uh, once again here. Uh, it is uh, day number 38 in my uh, in, in, in really my quarantine in the suburbs of uh, Chicago here, uh, I've been joking quite a bit that I feel like that I am uh, auditioning for the movie Castaway at the moment. I'm uh, really, I, I feel like that I'm getting that beard and I really need a haircut. So I'm trying my best to uh, stay sharp for you guys uh, in terms of my mind at the very least, because my looks are certainly fading at the moment. But uh, excited to have you guys uh, on the podcast once again. Uh, this is another episode of our Emerging and Essential series that we started uh, a couple weeks ago here. And for folks who haven't listened yet, uh, the main idea behind Emerging and Essential is to bring you guys brands um, that are, of course, at the very beginning of their franchise journey, uh, hence the emerging aspect of it. But in addition to that, uh, brands that are actually able to stay open and operate uh, throughout COVID-19. And I think that it's especially interesting to for you all to hear from brands like that just because they are doing incredibly innovative things um, within their actual brands themselves, uh, some of which um, have really are really going to be changing the way that they do things uh, for the foreseeable future, and some of which had to make some quick changes that they'll quickly switch back to once this is all said and done. Um, some other housekeeping notes that I have for you all, um, in addition to the podcast that we're going to be going through today, and I'm really excited for these next two guests that I'll be having on. Um, we also have an amazing um, franchisors.com uh, webinar series that we started um, just uh, last week. Uh, we had uh, Bedros Koulian, the CEO of Fitbody Bootcamp, and also Dan Monahan um, of Clear Summit Group, uh, the CEO, um, who represents a bunch of different brands, um, on as our first two guests. Uh, this week on Thursday at 2 p.m. Uh, Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, we will be having uh, the CEO of Walk-On's Bistro and Bar, uh, Brandon Landry. And then we will also have uh, one of the largest multi-unit franchisees in the Sport Clips Network, uh, Johnny Weber, uh, on with us as well. Um, so please uh, register, sign up. If you have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out to Ryan or myself, and we are more than happy to direct you in the right direction. Uh, so uh, that is not, that is not, of course, what we are here to talk about today. Uh, really excited uh, to have our next guest on the podcast. Uh, I met them um, actually through some very close friends of mine from Oakscale. Uh, really happy uh, to have uh, the CEO of Petwell, uh, a very new brand in the franchise space. Uh, we have Sam Meisler, uh, and then we also have his director of business development and franchising, Hunter Little, on the, pa- on the podcast with us, uh, recording live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Great. Thank you for having us here, Zach. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So much, Absolutely. Of course. Really happy to have you guys on. I know that uh, it is definitely the beginning of your franchise journey, but in, you know we don't typically have on folks who are um, who are this new, but I think that the reason that we did it, and I think that you guys will be happy to hear this, is because I have never heard of a brand that does something like that you guys do before, and that is very hard to find in franchising. So um, I'm really excited for folks to get to know you guys and to learn all about what you guys uh, are doing. Uh, so I mean, either of you guys can answer this, but just to start, um, tell me a little bit about Petwell and how it all got started and why you guys were really compelled to get into this, uh, honestly, really interesting space that I have uh, never really heard being franchised before. Well, um, 
appreciate you having us on here again. Uh, the Petwell Clinic essentially came uh, to me as an idea, and it's really just looking at uh, Walgreens Take Care Clinics and, say, a CVS Minute Clinic. And back in 2010, in the uh, sort of deep uh, towards the end of the recession, we saw a need for it and started um, our first one. And essentially, they're uh, directed towards offering uh, preventive care, um, minor ailment care, and managing uh, chronic conditions. And, uh, and we started in 2010 uh, initially with just preventive care and evolved into um, three locations that now we offer all those three branches. And so currently, we have three three uh, locations that are uh, open a minimum of six days a week. And we have a fourth, uh, opening of our own. Um, we were planning to open it up this month, but the, the COVID-19 crisis has put it on a, at least a month delay. Mm -hmm. And, um, we have our first franchisee, um, who's going to open up on the North side and just signed her lease, uh, in the last couple of weeks. So, and, uh, Hunter can kind of, uh, Go over why we decided to go into the sort of franchising area. Yeah. So, um, what initially started out as Sam detailed as, as kind of a, an offset into a niche, niche space within veterinary medicine, um, kind of led to a similar line of thinking and how we got to franchising. So, it was just turning around, looking at the veterinary space, um, and seeing what could be done. And so, I have grown up uh, in the veterinary medicine world with with Sam um, and have kind of just been an outside observer and have watched Sam go through um, what I would call a, a fairly traditional um, pathway that a veterinarian takes. So think like family dentistry or, or anything like that. You go to school, um, you study your medicine, you gain your expertise, then you go into practice as an associate. Um, for however long it takes. And then eventually, you know, maybe you become a partner at your current location, your current practice. And then, you know, maybe 15, 20 years down the line, you finally have the opportunity to either, you know, buy out the old owner um, and, and run it yourself or start off in a new venture. And what we were finding um, was that within the past 10 years or so, um, that route to traditional practice ownership was just getting harder and harder. Um, veterinarians uh, are getting priced out of the market by private equity groups that are bundling up um, mm -hmm. traditional practices and putting them into into ownership and management groups. And so that was uh, really kind of, I think, uh, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it, it was kind of killing the traditional dream, right, of a veterinarian. And, and not to mm -hmm. say that, it's, that uh, you can't still own a traditional veterinary practice, but you're looking at um, a pretty heady investment. Um, of, a, of a couple million dollars. And, and so that sets your timeline back after you pay off student loans and everything else. And so the franchising model was a really interesting way to kind of uh, find a workaround to, to this sort of growing, uh, this, this ever rising barrier to entry for traditional practice ownership, because that is, that is the goal is is every veterinarian, every veterinarian um, once they go to school, they gain their expertise. They they want to be their own boss and they want to do those things. Um, and so with the franchise model, 
um, not only were we able to help solve a problem for vets when it came to practice ownership um, by lowering the barrier to entry, but we were also able to um, solve another big problem that vets often face, which is more the the business management and operation side of it. Um, mm-hmm. So with that with that franchise model, we're able to give them um, an established business model and established operations and procedures um, so that they can step in to a system that's ready to go because veterinarians are not necessarily, unless they're seeking it out, are not getting the business management training um, in their schooling. And and it's starting to change slowly but surely. Um, But for the most part, they're not getting any of that. And so that's a daunting hurdle for them, stepping Mm -hmm. into practice ownership or even um, practice management, right, As, as kind of a allege before that ownership uh, role. And so with the franchise model, we're able to package everything together, um, you know, based on the 10 plus years that we've been operating uh, Petwell Clinic, and then provide them with all of those tools um, and kind of ease that burden for them. I love that. And and, and folks, I told you, I, I, I don't think you guys have probably heard of something like this before. And when I had heard about this for the first time, I was... Uh, it it, it it takes a lot for me to be surprised, and I certainly was. And so kudos to you guys, because I think that this idea is fantastic. And I, I just just to ensure that I'm uh, that I'm that I'm correct on this. Is there anybody else in the franchise space that does this? Maybe I, I, I have not heard of anybody that does this as a primary service. But is there anybody that offers veterinary, you know, urgent care? Uh, or anything of that nature as a secondary service in franchising that you guys are aware of? Or do you guys really feel that you're the trailblazers in this space when it comes to franchising? Well, there are a lot of, there's a lot of interest in over the last five years in the space as far as the walk-in clinic. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some private, uh, some corp- public and private corporations that are in, involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. Walmart's trying to get into it. Um Petco has a partnership with Thrive, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. My interesting, you asked that. My former partner, when we first started the uh, the first location to go seven days a week, we actually named it something else. We named it uh, uh, Easy Vet Clinic, and he, when we when we after I uh, bought him out and um, um, continued on merging with our uh, three Petwell clinics, went under that brand. Uh, he uh, opened up his first in Chattanooga and then he thought the franchising route, essentially him being not a veterinarian, it was a little harder for him to get it off the ground. Uh, and so he has a, uh, a sprinkling like four or five um, and he's been at it for mm-hmm. about five years. Um, and uh, I believe it's sort of, uh, he's, he's sort of uh, opened up the pathway for us to do it um, locally in a way. Yeah, locally and has, and we have a lot more innovation. We have our own software and we have a lot more things that um, uh, we have the model built out completely um, and the financial model as well. So, uh, but it it gives me encouragement that uh, he was able to get a few off the ground because I think our main focus is going to be not just the veterinarians as far as buying franchises, but um, uh, the multi-unit uh, franchisor. I was, uh, to, uh, to be honest, a little ignorant of uh, the other franchise operations, you know, for example, like Subway. And 
when you brought up Oakscale and Joshua Kovacs um, pointed out on one of his visits with us um, that the subway next to our um, busiest location, you know, on average, that's about $400,000 revenues and a much smaller margin. And that particular location that we were operating was just shy of a million and a, mu- a much larger margin. And so they mm-hmm. clicked that the multi-unit franchise is going to be the way to go as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I think that that's actually what I was going to ask about next. And Hunter, I'll bring this question to you because I, I, I think that, you know, when I hear this, I understand that, you know, it's, it's, you guys have a certain level of expertise and your differentiator when you're getting to, when, it, when it's getting going against folks who, you know, are in this space and there aren't many, um, but the ones that are, um, is that you guys actually do have veterinary backgrounds. And I think that that is valuable. But I think that that was going to be my ultimate question is that do you need to be a vet uh, to actually run, um, to actually run, you know, a, a pet well clinic? And I think that I instantly think of um, American Family Care, uh, the, my, my friends of mine from American Family Care, who um, have actually, who are actually alums of this podcast as well. Um, and you know, for them, you don't necessarily need to be a doctor um, to um, run one of their locations, and it, and it kind of strikes me as similar, of course, that you guys are operating on pets and not on humans, obviously. But I think that there is some um, direct um, correlation to the two of you. And so I'm just curious: do you guys have to be? Are you guys looking for only vets? And if not, you know, for multi-unit owners, um, are you looking for folks who? experience running a certain type of um, brand or I'm just kind of curious on if you've thought that part through at all yet. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and so looking at it kind of uh, from a comparison perspective, you, you brought up American Family Care. Um, the name escapes me of the chiropractic um, franchise the joint. model that's out there, but the, yes, the joint. Um, but so, so there are some similarities there. Now, the great thing is um, is that if you are a non-veterinarian um, looking to, you know, to, to run your own clinic, on your own clinic, um, step into that franchise space, all of the, th- there's a great, um, very clear divide between the medical expertise and the business expertise. So you um, can leave all of the medical decision-making to your lead veterinarian. Um, now in some states and, and state laws vary on this, um, some states are more clearly defined than others, but, um, the general case is that there needs to be a clear delineation between the veterinarian that is making the medical decisions. Um, and then if there is a non-veterinarian that is an owner, um, that they are just leaving that medical decision-making process up to the veterinarian. So there's actually a clear divide where a non-veterinarian can step in as a franchise owner. Um, and still have, you know, run the business operation side of things, um, run all that stuff, and then leave um, the medical decisions to the doctor. So there's actually, there's a pretty clear um, delineation there between the two. So it's actually, it's actually very accessible. And so that is really nice for us, because um, that leaves us open to target um, folks that are the more traditional multi-unit investors, um, or those sort of entrepreneurial types um, that, that would be interested in this while still leaving the door open for single unit, um, franchise owners that may be veterinarians looking to step into practice ownership. So there's actually two pretty clear paths there, um, for us. Awesome. I love that. I think that that, um, you know, clearly you guys are, you guys are kind of getting into a different space where, 
you know, the, the chiropractic space and also the urgent care space, there's clearly been a lot of success in that. So I think that you guys are certainly following up on a model um, that works clearly. And I think that why would it not work for the veterinary urgent care space in the same way it has for the other, uh, for those other two spaces. And so I think that that's really smart that you guys are willing to kind of, um, you know, it's not just vets you're going after, but you're also going after multi-unit uh, franchisees that are um, actually looking to diversify their, their portfolio with, to your point, um, incredible margins. Uh, and the footprint is relatively small from what I understand too. So it is for a retail location um, quite a bit more affordable um, as well. And, and it's easier to make your money back quicker. So um, I like to hear that and everybody loves pets. So I think that that's a, that's a really hot space in franchising. So you guys are definitely in the right place. Now, um, I did want to pivot quickly, guys, to um, how you guys are really handling um, the current pandemic, because I think that it would just be helpful for folks to understand, you know, how you guys have had to alter your operations. And because you guys are are considered to be an essential business, um, I think that it you guys obviously do have an advantage because your doors are uh, are still open. Um, but what have you guys had to change um, in the midst of this entire uh, in in the midst of this entire uh, crisis? No, Zach, that's a, that's a, a great question, and um, it's it's being challenging, but I think we've been finding our way fairly well. And the the big factors of first are obviously safety, you know, and then uh, also the financial side, not knowing how the crisis will affect people going out and such, and knowing that the fears as we go through this will change. Um, and as far as the safety side, you know, the, the first thing, obviously, is my team, um, and we uh, initially started uh, just in our staff meetings, even introducing them to the idea that there was going to be a, an epidemic, a, a pandemic, and it will affect us. And at first, uh, my team um, uh, were not uh, as nervous about it at all, and so we also have to figure out uh, keeping the client safe. And then we have the third item as far as the pet, not knowing, you know, whether a dog and cat initially would be carriers or what we call fomites. We know whether they would actually, if someone was, if a human was a positive carrier, whether a virus could be carried even on the fur or the hair of a dog or cat coming in, um, you know, to the clinic. So we have to think about those factors. And then um, also trying to keep up a level of service and social distancing as well. Um, on this team side, we went, um, even though I have my staff coming in to work, uh, we had, it was a challenge to try and get uh, PPE and masks mm -hmm. and things to keep them safe. So uh, we had one of our managers sewing cloth masks at first. Um, and then, you know, we do, we are able to get a hold of surgical masks in the veterinary profession and then some N95 masks we were able to get a hold of as well. So as we learned more about whether cloth worked or not, you know, we migrated to that. And then um, gloves, of course, uh, I had everyone uh, trying to at least wear food service quality gloves, you know, while we're handling the pets. And then uh, for real close procedures, uh, the typical latex, you know, rubber gloves. Um, we also had to make uh, some really quick changes to our software. 
One of the unique things about Petwell Clinic is we do not answer the phone. So it's sort of like when you call your Walgreens Take Care Clinic or CVS Minute Clinic, you, you don't expect anyone to answer right at the location. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, at a typical veterinary clinic, you do. <laughs> so so um, for since the beginning, we do not answer the phone. We have a phone tree where people can leave a message and we'll get back to them. Uh, but that was challenging when we switched to having clients come and we want them to communicate when they arrive in the parking lot. So we had to adjust um, the software to accept text messaging straight from a phone number into our software, mm. recognize the phone number, uh, identify to our staff who was calling, you know, if they were already an existing client, give them an automatic text message if they were not a new client and ask them to register in our system in their cars uh, uh, through our online uh, check-in system and then get them in the queue and manage them all in their parking lot without them coming in the door or making a phone call. And and that went really well. We had to do a lot of adjustments, but uh, uh, that was one of the quick things we, we had to do um, and really help keep the social distancing. Then we call people in one at a time through through texting. Nice. I mean, that, that definitely seems like that would work pretty well. And I think that there's... Uh... It, it it's especially what what caught my ear, especially I believe, is the fact that you guys had the ability to be so nimble and change your software. Because from what you were telling me beforehand, and for folks who are listening, um, in addition to being uh, the CEO of uh, of Petwell Clinica, Sam is also uh, what he he has dubbed himself the lead programmer as well. And so I think that that makes it really easy for you guys to go ahead and make changes into your system. Um, you know, this question could be for either of you, but. You know, when it comes to the technological side of things, you know, how have you guys felt that that's really helped um, set yourselves apart, like your technology? I mean, and how could um, and what value prop would that create for a potential franchisee that would be uh, that would be looking at your technology um, and saying, well, this could really help me? Like, what what about it um, really makes it um, different that could really help a potential franchisee be successful um, with Petwell? Yeah, one of the things is just the productivity of our of our employees um, one by uh, using the software and using our clients to help enter their information um, before the crisis happened people would uh, come in and they would uh, check in on iPads uh, mm-hmm. if they were an existing client then they would um, find themselves and get checked in really quickly if they were a new client there's a, a little tree that they would go through on the iPad and then they could enter all their information, all the pets information. And typically that is handled by a receptionist. Um, you know, you at a traditional clinic, you would fill out your paperwork on a clipboard and hand it over to the receptionist and then they have to put it all in. Um, and we can literally eliminate that position. So our productivity and we measure it is almost double um, what, a traditional veterinary hospital would be. Um, and I, I know that as well, because I do have two of my own traditional practices called My Pets Animal Hospital that we run as well. And they, uh, the productivity is a lot less, even though they're doing much bigger ticket items. Um, so it's, it's one way we can offer technology um, to help in that respect. Plus, we also do a lot of things as far as scheduling we uh, can see um, and run reports that the franchisee would have access to 
for their location about which hours of the day are busiest. It's strictly walk-in. Um, so we do have busy times and we can plan for it and they can position um, that time slot to have more veterinary systems. Um, so that helps as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot, all of that is compelling for somebody who's kind of looking to explore, you know, how technology can really help to set you guys apart. And uh, Hunter, this question's for you, you know, in terms of the franchise operations side, um, I'm sure that you guys have had the opportunity to um, be pretty nimble with that as well, considering that, you know, you guys were in the midst of kind of getting it all drawn up as this was, uh, as this was uh happening i guess in china and then all of a sudden we got stuck at home and you were saying to me well in 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 a weird way at least i have time to not focus on anything else but um the franchise operation side what are what are you guys what are you really excited about when it comes to the operational side that you've gotten to work on that um you think would be compelling for folks to hear yeah um it is actually it's been i was thinking about that after you asked me that and it, and it really has um, kind of been a positive for me because right now we are, as you said, so new um, and and so fresh off the ground that I am uh, kind of the catch-all for the franchise side. So mm. um, being able to kind of step away from the lead gen, um, the prospecting and the, and the qualification side of things um, for franchise prospects, I've dived into um, the training side of things. So um, just like our software um, and how comprehensive and sort of one-stop shop that is, um, I've been building out our our digital training platform. So um, this is for everyone from the franchise owner um, down to the veterinarians and the vet assistants. Um, so I've been able to build that out, that training platform, um, everything from uh, startup training for the franchisee. So if they need, uh, you know, courses on, okay, what are the meeting checklists that I need? What are the permits, licenses, and regulations that I need? Um, you know, what is our marketing strategy? What's the ramp up look like? Things like that. Um, those courses are available down to, you know, how to's on the in-house diagnostic test that we run. Um, so that's been very exciting to build out, um, and get not only the manuals, um, together and, and really centralized. Um, the operating systems that we have, both technologically and then the human side, um, but being able to to digitize those and run those, and then also build training platforms because not everyone is necessarily, uh, you know, you hope that they read your manuals, right, uh, in a franchise system, but um, to ensure that it's it's easily digestible um, and that they're actually able to learn it and then retain that. So from an operations perspective, that has been fantastic to work on. Um, and, and spend some time on, especially with our first franchisee um, ramping up and having just signed her lease. That's, you know, it's been great to work on that. No, it's 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 very exciting that you guys uh, have the opportunity to kind of uh, rewrite the manual, so to speak, uh, as things are going on. And I think that that's a really, honestly, very valuable. Not many people have that privilege. So I think that that's, that's uh, definitely a good thing. And you guys are probably learning a lot from just hearing what other people are doing or unfortunately not doing. So I think that that's also helpful too. And it's exciting times for you guys, because of course it's, uh, you know, you have your first franchisee um, actually that's, that, that, that's going to be launching uh, pretty soon here. Um, you know, wh so where's this first franchisee uh, actually going to be opening up and where are you guys planning to uh, start with your 
uh, development when things become a little bit more normal? Are you guys looking to kind of just branch out in your local area and kind of work it out from there? Uh, or is there a different plan that you guys have in place for that? Yeah. So um, our first franchisee, um, she is a former associate uh, at Petwell Clinic. So she was a fresh graduate um, out of the University of Tennessee's College of Veterinary Medicine, spent um, a little over a year with us. And then when we started offering uh, franchises uh, in the franchise system in late 2019, she pretty much jumped on that immediately um, and wanted to uh, felt confident in the system and wanted to, to own her own. So we've been working with her on that. She just signed her lease in North Knoxville um, a couple of weeks ago. And so we have just started um, that process with her. So we're hoping, depending on how this, this virus shakes up um, for a late summer, early fall, um, opening for her. So as far as strategy, um, from there and, and from a growth perspective, um, we're going almost simultaneously from a city perspective and then, um, from a regional perspective. So obviously want to be, um, present in the Southeast, um, and start there, but, but we have, um, you know, some cities in mind, uh, like Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta, those types of places. Um, that we'd like to expand to, but it's, uh, there's really no, no place that we can't go. There's no place that there aren't pets. So we're, we're open to everywhere. I think, um, looking at it from a strategic perspective, it's going to be in part, um, you know, where, uh, multi-unit folks, uh, show up and where they want to go. Um, but knowing that, you know, we have some cities in mind and, and, and places that we'd like to go. So I think it's, um, looking at, you know, our immediate region, um, and where we're able to support, um, and, and then going from there. Yeah. I, th- I think that that, uh, all really exciting stuff. And I'm really, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing where this all goes, gentlemen. I think that the last question I have is, is, is for Sam and, uh, just, is there any goals there or anything exciting that you guys have on the horizon, uh, that you guys are, you know, looking ahead to t- the end of 2020, uh, anything that you guys are really looking forward to? Um, in addition, of course, to uh, getting a couple more franchisees uh, into the system, is there anything uh, of note that you wanted to cover that you uh, feel like is really exciting that you guys have uh, planning, that you guys have some planning to do right now uh, in regards to uh, the, re- the rest of the year? Yeah, uh, no, it's it's an interesting question because uh, a lot of long-range planning has suddenly uh, changed and moved towards short-range mm-hmm. planning and crisis planning. <laughs> but uh uh, one of the things that we were already thinking about uh, pre-crisis uh, or in the very early days, but not with the crisis in mind, was telemedicine and how we could incorporate that. So we'd already signed up for one platform just to do it as uh, beta testing. And then the crisis hit. So we have launched that uh, a week ago. And I'm anxious to see how that goes into the future. And if it works, then we'll we'll launch our own software platform for that for our franchisees. So that's that's an interesting part um, that we can look at uh, to the future. And the crisis kind of brought it to the forefront to see if it will, uh, you know, obviously increase social distancing for things we could do without a client actually bringing their pet in. There are a lot of laws we have to, um, you know. Uh, be cognizant of so no i mean i absolutely understand that i think the telehealth is definitely a really hot 
um, aspect of the medical space. And I think that um, if there's a way for you guys to really get into that, I think that it would be especially uh, timely to be able to do so. Um, of course, cooperating with all the necessary uh, laws that are required. And I think that uh, that's a probably a really ex- that's a probably a really great place to, to to wrap up here, guys. I'm I'm really happy that we had a chance to have you guys on. Um, where can people learn more about you guys if they're looking to just uh, do some research online? Yeah, they can go to petwellclinic.com. Um, that has all of our information, including um, our franchising information. So it's a one-stop shop for everyone. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm I am looking forward to uh, seeing you guys grow. I think that this is a really awesome concept. And folks, if you uh, for some reason want to uh, or can't reach uh, Sam or Hunter, please feel free to reach out to uh, Ryan and myself, and we can put you in contact with them. Uh, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, a couple more housekeeping notes, folks. Um, again, please uh, register for the web for the franchisors.com uh, webinar series. Uh, that will be uh, tomorrow at thir- on, on, that will be tomorrow. That is Thursday, three p.m. Eastern, and it will be every week there on after with new uh, and awesome guests that we're going to be uh, bringing to you guys uh, t- to answer all or some of your questions if there are too many to answer in the hour that we have. Uh, thanks again, folks, for listening. Please subscribe uh, to anywhere you listen to podcasts, and if you have questions about how to how to subscribe for some reason, then Ryan and I can, of course walk you through that over the phone because we have done it many times before. Uh, Thank you guys all so much for listening and uh, stay safe and healthy out there.